yellow, Nailed yellow. Nailed it. Woo! Episode 660. It's a nice one. Uh, we're nearing Halloween. Sarah's um, special day. <laughs> Remember when... Today, um, the veil between the living and the dead. Remember when the Brady Bunch pretended yes. their house was ha- haunted so that they, they, no one would buy it when the parents were trying to sell it? Oh, I think this may be the plot to a new Netflix m- series I'm watching right now. Oh, my God. They totally ripped off the Bradys. <laughs> what if it's so based weird. on a real story? So maybe that's it. Oh, how's Sarah? Hey, I meant to ask you last time. How's your foot? It's it's good. I mean, I, I I can walk now. It's fine. I just am like strengthening my ankle. I can't really run yet or can't jump, but I'm my walking God, without was... a brace. Really and severe injury. I know, freaking six weeks, and they say it's going to be four months before I'm able to like really be able to use it like I used to. I well, mean, I don't want to. So I don't want to be negative, but I smell trouble with powder this year. I know. Don't say that. Okay. But the good thing, the good thing is, is that my ankle is going to be strapped in. Like I'm going to be able to wrap it real tight and keep it. And it's really just like. I'm not jumping and I'm not running doing that. But that, luckily it's not the foot I push with. All right. Well, I won't say anymore. I'm just going to hope for the best. Oh God. Is it? I mean, it just seems really dangerous. It is the foot I push with. Damn it. Well, it looks like I'm going to learn how to ride switch this season. (laughs) What's Um, a switch? That's just like the other direction. Usually I head down the mountain. Oh my, my god! Left shoulder pointing down, but now I feel like I need to use my right shoulder. To yeah, what's like the word for ambidextrous? But when it's like your whole body switch, like, yo, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, switch. that's yeah, head switch. But um, I think I'm gonna learn how to ski this season. I think I'm gonna go not learn how. My mom yelled at me when I said learn how to ski. She was like, "You know how to ski? I've spent thousands of dollars making sure you had lessons knowing how to ski." Blah blah blah. So I was like, I mean, you're going to get back into it. Remind. Yeah. You mean because Eli was on a team? Oh, I thought maybe it was because Eli like didn't want anything to do with a snow snowboard. No, he does not care. (laughs) Okay. Cause you know, some people are like loyalists. No, he doesn't care. He even said he'll snowboard. All right. Well, I'm bored already. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's see. First up. Okay, let me see. Oh, I, you know how I love old gossip? Yeah, (laughs) I do know how you love old gossip. It's not even really, I call it old gossip, but like I really love, I love like old YouTube clips from like, I mean, most of (laughs) Most of the things that are suggested to me are black and white, okay? (laughs) So (laughs) like old, old. And I watch a lot of like, you know, like what's my line? (laughs) Like for real. Anyway, so I love this about you. I love it about me too. And I, first of all, was trying to figure out why I'm so into stuff that happened before I was born. And then I discovered, um, you know, people go bananas for like Taylor Swift, like Easter eggs and, oh, she wore, um, purple. That means her album comes out on November 14th. And I, I fucking hate it. And I hate all these TikTok people that the people that watch TikToks and they, they Uh, try uh, to like decode uh, pop culture bullshit. 
And uh, like, I actually feel upset right now just talking about it. I see. Yeah. (laughs) This is your space. Let it out. Like, they're trying to be sleuths about dumb stuff. Like, you know, it's like conspiracy theory. It's like making up. Yeah, but it's about dumb stuff. Like, Harry Styles is gay. Who cares if he is? Shut up. Right. Okay. Agreed. At yeah. least 9-11 matters. Like, if you have a conspiracy theory about it, at least it's of importance. Right. This is about fluff stuff. Yeah, this who the just fuck like, why cares? Are we time? If Taylor yeah. Swift is queer or if she has a new goddamn lavender song or whatever. Okay. Is okay. this a real thing? Yes. There, she oh. has a song called Lavender, and that means she's queer, oh, Sarah. Sake. Oh, yeah. Who Gosh. cares? We're reading between the lines. Who cares? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what I love mm-hmm. is old stuff because it's already done we already have an end of the story half of these Ah, people are fucking dead and so like i know the whole story now i don't have to wait for 20 years to find out if taylor swift is queer so (laughs) i wanted to mention one of the things that i read recently in my old gossip that i thought was so interesting and i'm sure people from a, a gazillion years ago this is like common knowledge but this is new to me so I was reading Frank Sinatra's Wikipedia, as one does. And <laughs> Man, we look up different things at night. This is great. And I don't know I, why I thought it was nighttime you were looking this up. I had no idea. Frank Sinatra had a son named Frank Sinatra Jr. Oh, yes, yes. You know this? I know that he has a son named Frank Sinatra How Jr. How do you know that even? I didn't even know that part. It's, it, most people probably know that, but... I saw some home like selling show like million like one of those millionaire million dollar listings or whatever and they were selling the home (laughs) of frank sinatra Sinatra jr okay cool all right well so i mean frank sinatra jr evidently was at one point kidnapped and um (laughs) see old gossip is so great okay so then the kidnappers would call Frank Sr. and want to talk like hostage negotiation type thing. and mm-hmm. But they only wanted to talk on a payphone. And so Frank Sinatra Sr. would have to go and find a payphone and bring dimes to put in the payphone. And eventually he got his kid back, which, by the way, that's another weird thing. He offered mm-hmm. um, the equivalent of like a or no, I think he actually offered a million dollars and they turned it down and then asked for less than that, which I, I need more info on why. This makes me think the sun is in on it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Sarah will add the conspiracy now, even though yeah, it's all like, over. No, 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 I need him to have like still enough because he's got to give to my other, <clears throat> like make sure everything's okay and no, no suspicious. Like mom's going to be It's a okay weird story. Maybe they're just super dumb, whatever. But anyway, it had a happy ending. Frank Sinatra Jr. came home, but uh, that was such a traumatic experience for Frank Sinatra Sr. that he for um, he was so paranoid about not having dimes to pay in the payphone oh. all that time that for the rest of his life, he carried 10 dimes in his pocket and was even... This <laughs> is great! And he was We're even back. buried with 10 dimes in his pocket. How cool is I love that? shit like this. See? I love shit like this. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to make a podcast called Old Gossip. Just wait for it, people. As soon as I you get the free time, which I have none, except for right. Wikipedia Frank Sinatra, evidently. Anyway, <laughs> like, how do I have no, time see, for that? No, see, what that is, is that is, that is, 
your brain as survival strategy, like when it, it doesn't know how to relax. So when it feels relaxed, it also goes, oh no, I'm in danger. I better do something. And how it comforts itself is by learning things. So you spend your relaxation time inevitably learning things because yeah. it's like, it, and it probably after three days of trying to relax is when you'd actually get into relaxing, <laughs> in which case you could just read something that you didn't care about. Right, about, right? like fiction, maybe sometime. Ever. Yes. This is, I, see, this is, this is. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right about that. Anyway, I thought that was wild. And that is super, super cool. I, thought I love that. I thought you would be into it because yes. it really speaks to like what can happen to your brain and body see, when you're traumatized. I was just, Eli and I were on a walk the other day and I was just talking to him and it's getting colder. So we were like saying it's the time, kind of weather where you, you know, you get hot on your walk. So you wear just like a beanie instead and like yeah. and gloves, but maybe even still like a t-shirt and how, and I was talking about how there is a, I don't know, story out there, old timey gossip about Michelangelo that said his father, like the Renaissance painter, his father told him that he would always be warm if he kept his feet warm and his head warm. And so he never took off his socks. And when he died, they had fused to the <gasps> skin on his feet and he, they had to be peeled off. Shut like, Because he never took them off for years. Oh, I don't know if this is fact God. or fiction, but this is the story that the the old timey gossip that was uh, I heard from the, uh, you know, that is insane. The old books, yeah. I mean, because to me that like it sounds Same. like it's mental illness. I yeah, mean, definitely, but hundred percent mental illness that manif like the symptoms of which manifest through like something that you're trying to do that you think is the right thing to do. Correct. Oh my God. And advice that you took. Like dad said that, that's the way it is. It, it's got to be like that. Oh my yeah. gosh. Can you imagine what he episode. smelled like? Could you imagine? Oh, because then it became like part of his body. Good grief. Yeah. That is foul. Oh man, that's a good story, Sarah. Thanks for that. See, yeah. if you guys know any good old gossip, send it my way. None of this Harry Styles, Taylor Swift stuff. I don't care. Um, okay. Um, and I mean, another <laughs> brief thing about something I'm mad about. I feel like I need like some sort of theme song for like things I'm mad about. But you know how I really hate... It should just be like that, mad. <laughs> and then like it's the like sound of thunder and lightning. <laughs> yeah. And then just Susie goes into it. I feel like... I hate Spotify because it What are you saying? Well, I mean, I I get what you're saying. You're saying it's such a great service because it's so convenient and stuff, right? Is that and what it you're does like a well, yeah. And yeah. it's like playlists for everything in the world. We were Eli, no, first go 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 go. go. Oh, okay. Right. Well, I just get mad. I mean, I get that, but there's just no such thing as a free lunch. And so th th something mm. that seems so great, there's often like a darker side. Oh. And so because like nobody buys albums anymore, they they just listen to Spotify. And so then the artists make like three cents. And right. then what happens is they rely on tours to make a normal amount of money for a singer. And then ticket prices of tours went way yeah. up. And then it makes it cost prohibitive for people who have lower incomes to actually see live music for in a lot of cases. 
All yeah. because rich people want to listen to Spotify all day and not pay any money. And it makes me mad. The mm. end. That's true. You can tell me what you were going to say, though. I mean, they're curated. You're like, I really love their good vibes playlist. I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, you're right. It is at the expense of artists. What we need them to do is is pay more to the artists. That's the solution. Yeah, and they don't pay comedians one red cent. Not one red cent. What? They just play comics intellectual property for zero dollars. What? And a lot of there's like a class action suit from certain comedians being like, this is bullshit. Oh, they should. That's that not is right. Bullshit. No, I hate that. Yeah. Um, but I do love that yearly wrap up. I mean, this the service I love that. I, yeah. I mean, that's wonderful. But why aren't you paying artists? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. Okay. Right. Um. Maybe I need therapy, and for that, I will use BetterHelp. Uh, this Love it. is a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Like, okay, you ever go into like you're spiraling? Maybe I'm projecting. Yeah, here. familiar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe that's just me. But like, you start. I have anxiety, so I start to like get in that mode. And mm-hmm. what helps me are things I've learned from therapists along the way about like they can't prevent the anxiety. But they can Correct. give me the tools that I need to yes. manage it and to get out of that mode. Yes. And that's yes. what I find so helpful and, and why therapy has been useful to me. And better help could be useful to you because you could receive these same helpful insights as easily as going on your phone and talking to somebody. Oh, my gosh. I know Sarah was using it recently. I won't say why. Because I it's sure private. as heck was. And it was I really helpful it. to you. Yep. Still am. Yeah. Love it. Sarah had some good luck recently talking to somebody yeah. who really got and her. And my therapist has a nose ring, so that's all I need <laughs> so to say. now they're going to be best friends. So now we're good. Um, but if you're thinking about trying therapy, which I highly recommend, BetterHelp was a great option. It's convenient and accessible and affordable and entirely online. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BrainCandy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BrainCandy. Okay. Yeah, man. I'll stop complaining about whatever. Squats gave me a great recommendation. No, I love when you complain. It's, it's so fun. Thank you. It's so fun. Yeah, it <laughs> Thanks, is. Sarah. Um, squats gave me a great recommendation, which was the... Um, documentary on Netflix called Into the Deep. And it's about that Ooh. submarine murder that happened in Denmark uh, a few years ago. What? Do you remember that? I feel like when you uh, have a murder on a submarine, the, the, the suspect list is short. Well, right, you dumbass. What are you doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> this... Which way did he go? Right. Um... Down. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay. So this happened in Denmark and the guy that did it was basically the poor man's uh, Elon Musk because he was rich, but like not Elon Musk rich. And he's, you know, like reminds me of Elon basically in every way. Um, But his name was Peter Madsen. I had watched the documentary about this, this murder on Hulu Madsen, like a mad son, like is he a crazy mad son? Oh my god! Maybe there are multiple brothers, and he's the mad one. They're, maybe they're all mad son. Peter, mad son. Oh my god! Yes, good call. Just saying. I had watched the Hulu documentary, I and I figured this one would be the same, so I was like, 
not really excited about it. And Squat's like, no, you got to watch it. So I did. And she was right. This was totally oh. awesome. Here's why. Um, as is the case with sociopaths and narcissists, they love documenting themselves. So he had hired oh. or he had agreed to at least a documentary film crew. Why do they always do that? I'm telling you. I mean, you. I'm so glad they do. Right? But they all do. Right. It's, it's. Yeah. He had agreed to be followed by this crew at least a year prior to the murder. And so this woman filmmaker had been documenting him. And um, then on August 10th, on, I just remember that because oh. it's my birthday, but. Hello. Um, I, yeah. I think it was 2018. Oh, no. I think it was 2020. He took a journalist down into a submarine, this woman journalist, and then he came back up without her. And I was like, hey, where'd she go? And he was like, yeah. oh, um, I dropped her off like last night, didn't you see? And they're like, no. Oh, hell no. Right. So the filmmaker is like, at this point, you, you follow along where everyone's like, you know, his entire crew, like he had a bunch of people that like worked for him in this garage, like warehouse thing. And they yeah. were all like, huh, that's so weird. I guess, why wouldn't she have called her boyfriend when she got out and stuff like that? And yeah. and so you kind of watch as they realize slowly over days and weeks, oh my God, we're working for it. a sociopath. And I ended up having a nightmare after I watched it because <gasps> no, just... What he did to her was so horrific. And I, listen, I study murderers. I'm not like very Suze. sensitive to this stuff. He um, was actually even charged with sexual assault. But because he stabbed her while she was still alive in her privates, in her <gasps> vagina, oh! he t tied her up and tortured her and oh, then killed her and dismembered her. And Susie. she's on a submarine. Imagine how you would feel if you were her. Trapped. And I mean, already, like, that's like International Space Station feeling. Exactly. You're exactly. You're trapped under the water. You can't get out. It's that feeling of, like, I'm being trapped somewhere and, and I can't get out. There's no hope. Even if I did get out, I'm still in the environment that I'm still stuck no matter what I do. <gasps> it's her. Like, she can get out Riffing. of his, his, you know... And she chains, but then you're still stuck in a fucking submarine. Right after she had like kind of got with. Oh, I definitely want to watch this. You should. It is fascinating. And after she was about to about to go down in, she was with the Peter. She texts her boyfriend and goes, "I'm still alive, by the way, um, but I'm going down now. I love you." Because clearly the boyfriend was like, "Are you sure you want to go down in a submarine with a guy all by yourself?" No, yeah. she said I'm no. Yes. Her instincts were like, I might die. And this and is what right. it's like for women just trying to do their job. She's just trying to write a GD article about some loser, oh. you know, uh, manic inventor fucking, you know, the type. It's terrifying. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Okay, but I'll wrap it up. But I'm just saying that part of oh, what made what? it so fascinating is that they were filming him all the time. So like on the day of the murder, the morning of the murder, they did an interview with him. And in the background, they circled like this saw that he then, a wood saw that he oh. then took on the submarine because it's metal. Why do you need a wood saw? Oh, to right. chop up a body. To chop a bone. Oh. And the next day it was gone. Ew, he was probably so into it. Right. 
and he had Googled like woman beheaded um, agony the day of. Like he was into this as like his kink. This feels like not his first time. I know. It makes so, me wonder because... They, he's arrested. He's gone now. He's like, in... Yeah, up. he's a life sentence. The yeah, last thing that was totally fascinating was that he... The, the, he was talking to the filmmaker like in between interview moments mm-hmm. and he was like, hey, let me ask you something. You know how there's like predators, like psychopaths that like walk amongst us and they're usually very charismatic and very like charming and... Ew. And he's like, how would you know like if you've been tricked by a psychopath? Oh. Like he was so self-aware. It was insane. I can't get over it. Oh, so my God. you should watch it into the deep on Netflix because it's just like a true look at a sociopath. And that's actually making my heart rate go up. Like I'm feeling myself freak out. And like, you're right about the International Space Station. It is like your worst nightmare. Yeah, because it's that same feeling. You're, being trapped underwater. I would never go down there and, with with anyone. Fuck but. no. So thank you, squats, for giving me nightmares. Woo. That's scary. Um, all right. Well, let's do something lighter so that like, you know, it doesn't get dark like it can. Mm. I did read a great article about, um, it was in the New Yorker and it was about the fate of the fact. So, you know how like, it's like a big conversation now, like even with my mom when I'm like, mom, that's not true. And she goes, you and I have different facts, right? you know, like that's a thing. And it was just kind of talking about, um, it was using Jeopardy and Wikipedia as like the framework to talk about what is true and why we should care and whatever. Yeah. What are your thoughts? You seem like you have some already. Well, when you ask a scientist about what a fact is, they'll often be like, well, there's really no such thing as if like they, because in understanding science, you understand the scientific method that says things get retested and retested and that there's no, you know, the things change and that like the, you, you keep asking questions. And do you think mathematicians would say that though? Cause Ooh, I, they have it a little more no, concrete with that. That's a little more two right. plus two situation. Yeah. That's true. Certain kinds of math, though. <laughs> yeah, right. The kinds I, like, you know, don't want to talk about. I don't understand. Right. <laughs> yeah, the ones that my brother studies, and I'm like, Mm-mm, with imaginary numbers and shit, and I'm like, nope, I'm out. Um, yeah, maybe, but like, yeah, this the. Yeah, it gets. And it, gets it changes. I love that it gets you I, like verklempt. It does because like I was playing Trivial Pursuit with my mom a while back, and it was Trivial Pursuit from maybe like twenty years ago. Yeah, and it's wrong. Like, what would be an example? <sighs> More like language stuff. No, like actual facts. Because some of facts then it said like. And not fact. We're talking different kinds of facts. This mm-hmm. is more like trivia, like who's the all-time leader of da 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. those things can change That's based true. on when you're information. Asking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, like that. The premise... So, so if there's no black and white answer. I see what you're saying. 
the premise of the article was just saying, like, now that we have the Internet and phones uh, that are connected to the Internet, do we really need, like, to know the capital of a state or, you know, small details? What is the point of learning all of these sort of, like, trivia oh, type of things? And I really like just the discussion about it. And it, it was saying how Jeopardy in particular is, like, it's not – we like to imagine that these are just, like, regular people, but a lot of them are what are called, like, trivia junkies and mm-hmm. people that sort of obsess about memorizing yes. stuff that is kind of useless generally, like Shakespeare's yes. details or whatever. And um, I guess it was just sort of saying, like, I don't know. Well, I, I I've found the conversation about Jeopardy to be interesting apart from that. Like it was saying things that I didn't know that like they don't pay for the contestants to fly out or for the hotel. And yeah, right. Remember Emily told us that. I forgot. Once I read it, I was like, oh yeah, I'm sure she did mention that, that this was sort of just yeah. like you take it on yourself. Mm-hmm. But they're making hundreds of millions of dollars and it reminded Come me of on. like reality TV, right. how they're just like, hey, you should be honored to be here. You should just be grateful to be here because we're an institution. Be- and the people who love trivia are going to be like happy to just be invited to. But it does make it prohibitive yeah. to a lot of people who might be good totally. who are um, lower income, which bums me yeah. out. And just that they would, you know, Alex Trebek was making $10 million a year and they can't pay for a hotel at the, you know, fucking Motel 8 or whatever. Right. And then how like the second. There's no overhead. There's no cost with that show. Yeah. It's just the paying for the talent. And then, you know, there is cost, but not hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. Not like, you know, yeah, yeah. And then I didn't like know building that a new set like the second place and third place people on Jeopardy, they get um, like a set consolation prize, like $1,000 or something, regardless of how much is in, you know, they had bet, you know, their mm-hmm. amount on mm-hmm. their screen at the end. And the reason that they do that is to encourage risky play so that you don't think like, I better not risk too much because I, oh, and I was like, you Fuck. may end up with more. That yeah. even if you bid like like I don't know why you know, I get mad about it. Like this is meant to be entertaining. Of course they want it to be entertaining, but it hits because too close to home. It, yeah, it's the it's the what's going on behind the curtain, the man behind the curtain thing. Exactly, Wizard of Oz shit. I'm like, ah, you guys are just like all the others. Where you're like, what? Because we like I to imagine this was the real one. Yes, Jeopardy and then like is... Alex Trebek, and like you know, we we have this like special place in our heart for it. Because it seems like the good one. Like, no, no, no. They're smarter than this. No. It's yeah. just a game show at the end of the day. And then it was exploring Wikipedia and how Wikipedia, like, it's supposed to be that because it, they don't pay their, um, like, contributors mm-hmm. and that it's this crowdsourcing of knowledge and information that that can create a situation where there's so many voices that then you end up on the right answer. Yeah, no, the information about me in there is incorrect. What does it say? Oh, let's look. Oh, my God. Are they trying to say that you have a different birthday or something small like that? Uh, Sarah Rice, Wikipedia. While she's looking that up, let me just say something we can all agree on, and Wikipedia would probably agree too, and that is that growing your hair out... Mm. Is so fun as I'm doing right now, but you want to make sure you're doing it 
expeditiously, and thanks to Nutrafol, after my bleach disaster where I lost half of my hair, I started taking Nutrafol as a way to encourage growth and get things cooking. And I have been so pleased with the results. I mean, it is not fun to like have half of my hair be three inches long and half be full length, (laughs) but it's a necessary situation. And I'm so glad that it's finally growing in. I'm having great luck with it. I've had people DM me and be like, are you really, you really mean it? Because I won't lie. Here's some things that are very important to me. Skincare, <laughs> hair care, like anything where if it doesn't go right, you feel like a monster and you can't leave your house. And so I would not lie to you yeah. people about it. Um, I'm having a great experience with Nutrafol and I know so many people that are like pregnant or postpartum or even just change in hormones or even had COVID and then they lost some hair or had some thinning. Um, you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering our promo code BRAINCANDY to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Um, yes. Pre- free shipping on every order. Get $15 off. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code BRAINCANDY. Did you find this false Wikipedia heresy? Yeah, it says that my hometown was San Francisco, California. Oh, right. Mm. I remember that. Yeah. Right. Um, Just because you lived there for a time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you get it. It's it can't. It's very useful. I love Wikipedia. Frank Sinatra, I get it. But it's more like a good starting point. But it was saying yeah. how, like, you know, they they think it. they don't pay anybody to do the work. So it's all reliant on all these people. And, like, the editors of at Nature, which is a very great um, scientific journal. Yes. Um, back in 2005, they compared Wikipedia to Encyclopedia Britannica. But, like, it's... It's as if they didn't consider the one reason Wikipedia's science entries had fewer errors than they expected was that its contributors could consult the Encyclopedia Britannica, which actually does pay its contributors. And so it's like there's no Uh such thing as a free fact either. You know, like this idea is sort of a false paradigm that people need to be paid and then that what they provide can help with Wikipedia, but it, it's just not true that it's all like charitable, all the goodness of our heart. We're just sitting on Wikipedia editing stuff. No, yeah, for sure. And like all these scientists that they devote their life to this and, stuff. And then it's like, here it is. Yeah. And then you, nobody's doing that. And usually there's some sort of incentive, whether it be like, and even if it's like the, like nobody's writing their own Wikipedia entries. I think that it's a good like having free information is great. I'm not trying to say it's it should be you have to pay for it or something like that. Yeah. I'm just saying that everything has a cost. And yes. sometimes that means that the stuff you find on Wikipedia, as Sarah demonstrated is inaccurate. Yeah. Yes. You have That's why I really think that we need to we need to teach people how to go a step beyond the Google search that what we've got reliant, what we're like relying on are the first four results that we see 
We don't even click on the article. We don't even click on anything. And then we just look for the thing that confirms what we already know. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, it's, we need, I think with the easier access to information, we need to be educating people, children in school at a very young age on how to be... You have to be able to vet sources. Discerning, yeah. Like, f- be able to to recognize what is credible. Mm-hmm. And that's the skill. I think that's what... I mean, once you learn how to do that, there's almost like... It almost becomes fun. Because you know that age like where kids are at where they love like pointing out what you got wrong? I mean, I've kind of been stuck in that age for a while. But, uh, you know, where they're like, no, you're wrong. Actually, it's this, da-da-da. When they're, like, learning about stuff that maybe yeah. they want to teach you about. Yeah. Like, kids would get excited about being like, oh, what? That's not even real. That's, like, not, like I can see that being. Yeah. Because I, I remember what it was like in my class when we were learning that kind of stuff. And people were like, oh, my gosh, can you believe this? It almost became fun to point out how ridiculous like the information was or like, you know, those news reports that's like, are your genes killing you? Tune in t- tonight at eight for whatever. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like those. I, I do. I hope that that is happening and that people are being taught how to, you know, weigh a source's validity Savvy. and credibility yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, on the flip side, I was reading an article about um, the publishing industry and how it's very difficult to find out data on book sales. So we rely on like the New York Times bestseller list. But what they rely uh-huh. on is, yes. um, let me see if I have what it's actually called. They, I don't have it here, but yeah, it, there's a particular service that you can pay to get, but it's, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars and they mm-hmm. only offer it to um, people in the industry of like, mm-hmm. here's how many books were sold. Here's which ones they were buying. And that even if you're a scholar, you cannot get access to this data. One scholar was trying to find information on re- reading habits during the pandemic and whether people were choosing books that were escapism. That seems important. That is my point. They wanted to know, or were people choosing books that were escapism or were they wanting to learn about pandemics? Like, were, did they want to know what yes. we're in for? Do they want to, yes, 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 yes. And that's when this scholar realized that there's just no way for them to find out. And that could really help us understand um, human behavior, human psychology, what's comforting, what's helpful. Yeah. And then... Can you do... Oh, interesting. And then... Another problem is that whenever you submit a book proposal to a publisher, the first thing they'll do is look you up in this database to see if you've sold a book previously and if it sold well, or if a similar book was made and did it sell well. And if it didn't, you're immediately rejected. So like new ideas aren't even making it. Exactly. And so what there becomes isn't anything loop, to of Compare same, 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 which also means white people, white people, white people, men, men, yeah. men, 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 and none of these fresh voices, fresh ideas, um, non-white, you know, uh, ideas this can is make terrible. it. It's such a bummer. I bet I. You know what? I do see a lot in all of, in in so many of the newer books that we've read in the book club. 
that are by newer authors, so many of them started as writers in a newspaper or in online, like in a blog or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I can't remember any of them really who just was like oh yeah i just wrote this book you know mm-hmm. you and know what i mean yeah and that what is that about now like a lot of people just self-publish because that's right. their only hope of that's it and sometimes those and the, will emerge but it's hard to yeah get a hit when you're just a one person Damn. yeah it's a bummer this 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 is important information for people to know because i think that i think you know, in the work that I do as a therapist, sometimes you hear people being like, like, we're very sensitive. How about I hear this is like just walking in the street and talking to people or listening to anybody or, you know, whatevs. People feel very down with, on rejection. Like it, it, people often feel like the thing that they're passionate about, they're being, they're not, I don't know. They should give up because they haven't made it yet. Yes. They get, and, you know, I was thinking about, I was reading an article about the guy who uh, wrote Squid Games. That was like the number one Netflix show of all in time. the world. Yeah. And that guy was rejected hundreds of times. Yeah. Hundreds. Everybody's like, no, 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 no. And so... You know, when you rec- when you understand and that there are more things at work than just, uh, you know, somebody not liking your work, I think it can kind of help maybe persevere and push through and encourage people to say, fuck it, I am going to self-publish or I'm just mm. because I got to know I'm going to keep going or I am going to submit this to whatever it is because you got, I don't know. It just feels yeah. like it, it can be really depressing. Yeah. Especially when the data is, uh, put behind a, a wall, a paywall. Even when I was doing my doctoral, uh, dissertation, I, analyze thousands and thousands of tweets, but the only way that I was able to do that was because I used a service called Discover Text that had a license with universities, but that license costs, you know, say $100,000 yeah. or something. And because I was associated with the university, I was able to have access to that system and was able to do all that coding and whatever. But like, if a journalist wanted to do, do it or an independent scholar like I am now who isn't associated mm. with a university, well, you got to pay $100,000 for that license and you can't use Jeez. it, you know, from a universe or a, an existing institution. So there's a lot of gatekeeping and gatekeeping uh, tends to benefit the, exi- the status quo. And you know what? Also, w- we know that so much of... So much stuff is data collecting. Mm-hmm. Those tweets. The the reason why n- nobody's giving away anything for free. Yeah. That like. I mean, technically, that, at least tweets are accessible to the public. Yeah. Whereas these book sales. But to like search them, like. Yeah, I mean, what I did, you could not do on your own because it was just like. Jeez. A system that w- allowed me to code things by certain 
whatever. I don't understand. It's wow. technology. I don't get it. Gosh. Anyway, I, it's just it just makes me upset because then people that deserve to get yeah. stuff tend to not. Um, You're right. We get one story over and over and over. Should- Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. Should we yeah. talk about the history of the purse or oh. um, discuss the lottery, which I saw you were posting about the lottery on Instagram today, so it might be in your brain. You had like a thing on your close friends today about something about a lottery. Oh, yes. That it was a crazy story about a lottery that Pepsi did in the... In, um, Oh, lottery that, um, how did one, how did a freaking call get through? Send a voicemail. No. No thanks. Call declined. Um, a lottery that, uh, Pepsi did where they were like, um, it was more like a contest, like under the cap is going to be a winning number. Yeah. And, uh, they set it up so they would pick the winners. They had like a random generator to pick the numbers. It would number between 1 and 99. And then they would print, like based on the numbers that were coming, they would print, you know, two winners in every group of, of like every batch or whatever. But the po- it, it made the product so popular that they decided to extend it. And when they extended it, they reused a number that they had already printed, and it resulted in 80,000 people winning the lottery. And instead of um, paying everybody out, Pepsi refused to pay, shut the doors to its, like, factories, and were like, nope, sorry. And people, like, protested. People, like... it was well. How did they, they get like, away with that? That's illegal. I don't know. Whoa. Yeah, they got away with it because they're a huge company, <clears throat> huge corporation. There was a funny story just a couple weeks ago where in the Philippines they did a lottery, and hundreds of people won, and they were going to do this investigation on like, wait, this seems wrong. Like, how could hundreds of people all have chosen the right numbers? But the winning numbers were nine, eighteen. 27, 36, 45. Like it was just all like what? coincidentally just multiples of nine. Multiples of nine. That's crazy. And so a lot of people, of course, chose that because 
reasonable to imagine that yeah. a lot of people are into that type of thing. And so it's, Yeah, but then just like isn't it just that the prize it's like a prize pool, you just get a smaller yeah. percentage of the Yeah, prize. but yeah, they yeah, thought yeah. that it was like some sort of scam or something. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. And that's what this article I had had originally read was like about this guy that thought he could like beat the system and he really believed he had come up with an algorithm. And um <laughs> I mean he did win millions of dollars, but that's Wait, what? I mean he did, but it it sounds amazing, and he convinced a lot of people that he had like figured out something. But he was buying hundreds of thousands. I was going to say, of, yeah, yeah, how much did he lose? Right. So in the end, he lost a lot more money than he made. Really? Yeah. One millions and still lost. Oh my! Yeah. Gosh. What a do that doesn't tell you anything. But then separate that was in the Atlantic, and then at the exact same time, there was an article in the New Yorker about like, what do we lose when? we win the lottery or when we play the lottery. And it was saying how like, oh. it's basically false that this is in some way, some big boon for states that it really no. doesn't bring a lot of revenue for education and the stuff it claims that it does. And right. it exploits the people that need it most. And this was a, a statistic that I was shocked by. Well, not, sh- I mean, I know that lower income people tend to play the lottery more, but this, was so striking. Players making more than $50,000 per year spend on average 1% of their annual income on lottery tickets. Those making less than $30,000 spend 13% of their income on lottery. That's wow. average. Think about that. You make yeah. thirty grand or less and you so. devote 13% of your income towards lottery tickets? You're wow, and so some people call it a tax on the stupid as a result because it's like mm-hmm. you need to stop. But right. yeah. when you're desperate, mm-hmm. that's sometimes what all you have is hope. Oh my god, that's really sad. isn't that so depressing? Yeah, um, and shocking. And then, um, you know, lottery sales increases, incomes fall, and unemployment. But grows. is that? That is that okay? Here, I would be interested to know more, more than an, an average for that. I would want to know like the mean and median, like yeah, other like if there's some like there. five people that spend all their money. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Because what I hear in that is like addiction, yeah, which gambling is, yeah. And we can say that if you have a gambling addiction, you are going to be poorer. You are going to be on. Just that ask side my dad. Yeah, right. Ask anyone with a gambling addiction. <laughs> right. You don't have money. That's yeah. that. That is part of the addiction, right? And this, and it, so the house that always would, wins. That would skew, right? That's and so I feel thing. like that. Looking at uh, looking at that, and and you know, plays a big role. In, in. Whew, I mean, how I am often so would, not into. That's what I wanted you to know. know. That's right. what I wanted to know. I I had one experience that taught me, oh, you definitely should not play the lottery. So I was playing one of those crossword ones, and they they have a crossword one. It's like $3, and it's real fun. And it's like the scratcher lottery thing, not like the, you know, pick your number Numbers, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got really close. I was like... And and it gave me this like that rush feeling that was so exciting. And then I didn't get it. And I was like, afterwards, I, I had the crash of that feeling. 
And I felt it. I was like, nope, this is not for me. Like I don't, I, I recognized how I would forever be like chasing that feeling of almost getting it and how I wouldn't. And I was young. I can remember when this happened. I was like 18, 19. It was like when I first, I remember where I was. It was in Huntington Beach. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is not fun. Like that, cause that, the crap, the feeling of thinking, oh, I'm going to win is like such a high and that low is such a low. Does it remind instantly. you of Rivals 3 And that was $3. I, that was $3 oh, I right. lost. Right. right. Does it? Re- yes. Yes. Correct, Susie. It does remind you, you that. Or even you when have... you win, you lose. <laughs> House always wins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I got a good enough lesson in that. Gambling is not for me. The only thing I enjoy is uh, a tournament style Texas Hold'em because I feel like that's one where we can use our brain to win in a way. And also because it feels like I'm just paying for the entertainment of being there and how long yeah, I sure. last. And so like, it's like going to the movies. So I'm like, oh, 30 bucks? Yeah. Well, and bucks sometimes buying a lottery ticket can be that, you know, but if. Like this, that's why I do the crossword one because it makes me feel like I'm actually playing a game. See, look at how I have to trick myself. Yeah, there was this scandal. I mean, there's been a lot of scandals recently with um, chess and poker, but there was a scandal recently with poker. Yeah. The poker one that I saw was that this woman was playing poker um, and, it, you know, on TV. It was like one of those World Series type things. And um, she, the details don't matter. She, this guy went all in. And she yeah. called. She met his his bet. Yeah. yeah. And then he uh, was bluffing, basically. And she mm-hmm. really didn't have anything, but she had more than he did. Mm-hmm. And so she won. As you do. But my God, in the poker community, they fucking act like there's a oh. right way to play. Right. This is what they got mad at when you and I played celebrity poker and they were mad. Like, you can't do that. Oh, really? You actually yes, can. Yes, I can. It's called good betting. Right. She bet you were bluffing and she was right and she beat you. But there was such a stink about it that she ended up giving him his money back. Millions of no. dollars. Millions. No. Yes. Susie, now there's an upset in the in the didn't know they were poker fans world. <laughs> As in me, upset. I know. Because these bozos, I am so sick of I'm it. So, I'm so mad at this. They think that I'm there's so a right way to play poker. Fuck those guys who bullied her into getting her money back. Truly. It was a huge deal. Anyway, but <gasps> all that stuff with poker is like, who, since when are there rules about that? There aren't rules about that. There's like... It's remember like when the I t- etiquette? Remember that. when I told Mackay Pfeiffer to suck it because I won? Yes. So then, <laughs> and then what's then his name? Ke- Kevin Pollock. Kevin Pollock scolded me guy. and told me I had Sorry. bad poker etiquette. Now Kevin was right. That is very bad poker et- etiquette in any way to tell someone to suck it. <laughs> but one of my favorite moves. Really, I thought we were having we were at a charity poker match. It's not right. like we're getting rich. You're sitting next to Sarah Silverman for Christ's sake. <laughs> I don't even think she- you win any money. It was just for fun, maybe a hundred bucks yeah. or something. Yeah. Um. But anyway, they liked these men that do it all the time. Like to imagine yeah. that there's a Oof. right way and a wrong way, and they can go fuck themselves. As far as I'm concerned, yes, they can suck it. <laughs> they can. <laughs> they 
take it, suck it. Meanwhile, like, it really was bad etiquette, but I thought it was funny. No, but that's all. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, we have enough time, so I'm going to talk about purses after all. Did okay. you see recently there was like a viral thing, like um, it was trending on Twitter, where um, a purse of a of a girl from the 1950s had been discovered in like the demolition of a building, like a, an intact yeah. purse that she clearly had oh. lost with all yeah. of her belongings inside had, oh. had been found. And so they put up these pictures of like, here's what was in it. And I like, love yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. I live for this shit. It's like a time capsule. Great. And it, yes. it really was cool to see because there was like, her diary was in there and like, oh you know, God. like makeup and pictures yes. of her family and stuff like that. And it was cool. Um, but I subscribe to this Substack. Let me tell you what it is if you want to subscribe. It's called Home Culture by Meg Conley. And she is a scholar um, and she studies like cool, um, like she'll study mom influencers on Instagram and yeah. talk about like, how you know how they make their photos and like what's in what's important in mom culture right now and like she's doing it from a it's like anthropo anthrop yeah. like an anthropological like yeah. look at like real life right now yeah like it and it's an academic look at mom culture which you guys know I hate so yeah. this is like a perverse <laughs> thing that I love but anyway she pointed out how if they had found a men's backpack that like we wouldn't uh. be as intrigued, and that there's something about a purse. <gasps> it's mystery. Yeah, and it's there's like a mystery. Like you can't taboo. Go in there. Yeah, and it's also like there's something provocative about a woman's purse. Hundred percent. We keep mysterious stuff in there. Do you? Are you one of those women that like doesn't like if your man goes through your purse? Because some women are no, real weird about it. It de- it depends on on what I got going on in there. Like, if Eli just grabbed your purse and started rifling through it, would you be like, what are you doing? No, I wouldn't care. And then there's some men that are like, I would never. Like, they act like it's sacred, you know? Right. Like, there's something in that. But I think that this has to do with menstrual products. I think you're absolutely right. This is the taboo. This is the, I don't want to see, I don't want to touch a tampon. And I, I can remember the time where I was like, don't look at my purse it was when I, there was some shame around somebody finding a fucking tampon in my bag or something. Not a, I, I, an unwrapped brand new one. Right. Just like, a, like one you might use like someday. One you might, one I might actually fucking need that every woman's been asked for in the bathroom. Yeah. Right. Right. She, I think that's it. I think you're right. Cause yeah. And they're freaked out by stuff like that too. But in, she w- then launched into this whole cool little history of the purse, which I had never heard. Women used to carry their necessities in pockets tied around their waist, and they were oh, worn. Oh, that's why they called them pocketbooks. Oh, my God. Maybe. She didn't even Because an East Coast that. name for it is a pocketbook. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, we're, this is a West Coast writer because she's calling it a purse. And, the, and that's why it, a pocket around your waist. Yeah. And they were worn 
under the the layered skirt. So it wasn't visible. And they were seen as like an undergarment. And they were hidden by like the, you know, the skirts were quite big at at that time. And then once skirts slimmed down, then like they poked through the skirt fabric. And so then like it wasn't really a good option anymore. Yeah. So the purse was the solution for that situation. And then they started um, just wearing them on the outside, but it was seen as very like scandalous because it was seen as underwear. Okay. <laughs> and that's probably part of that, that there's something like yeah, interesting. Yeah, like they thought women were walking around with underwear draped from their wrists and the you know, it was like the secret place that we weren't even supposed to see. I love this. I loved it too. But it's interesting that it's like come full circle in a way and how like it's still like scandalous to see the inside of it. Yeah. In well, the same way that them seeing the outside of it was scandalous. And we just mentioned Freud in our last episode. Well, Freud insisted a woman's purse was, quote, a oh. substitute for her genitals. Right. And I that a it. woman rifling through her purse was, quote, representative of masturbation. What in the fuck? People are so weird. Well, I, w- I will say this. I've all, I, my worst fear, not worst fear, but one of the fears or things that I don't want to be is the chaotic woman who has the bag that like has everything fallen out of it and like you drop it. I knew somebody like this and I was like, oh, that's so much. That's so much chaos. Right. And like growing yeah. up, I was just like that, that woman looks like a lot going on Remember? and I didn't want to be that person who dropped the bag it's always like at the airport where they're like they're fumbling to put it in, they're fumbling yeah and it like looks like oh. okay and you don't even know jack shit about their life but I still don't want to be that person remember how early on so a brain I, then candy, I become that person we <laughs> it's like self-fulfilling <laughs> it remember? is like I'm like shoving everything into one bag please you remember the picture that you have of us when we went backpacking and or like just on a trip and I turned it into a backpacking trip because of the bag I took yeah. and it's like stuff spilling out and I'm like everything well, shoved a, into every no, pocket. No, that is not bad. That is that you're a troubleshooter. you like, you're prepared. Well, okay. Yeah. But if that, th- I'm prepared for the first week and then it becomes unorganized. <laughs> yeah. But like everyone makes fun of that person, but then when they need something, who do they Correct. go to? I always have the band aid, and I had the full sewing kit one time where I saved a wedding where I sewed one of the groomsmen's pants back because he had split them completely in half on the bus ride to the wedding doing a dance move. And I sewed them up in the back of the bus because I had a sewing needle and thread on me and saved the wedding. So that told us two things. Sarah chooses the wrong friends and also (laughs) that she is handy in a crisis. Okay. Let me ask you this. Remember when early years ago, when we said that um, your microwave, the inside of your microwave is indicative of like where you are. Hold on. I got to, yeah, (coughs) excuse me. Could a purse, 100%. 100%. Be the same? 100%. Like, it shows who you are. Shows who you are and kind of like where, what you, what, like, I mean, nothing makes me feel more put together. I, I'm, I'm more on it with my microwave than I am my purse. Really? Yeah. 
What's in your purse? I probably purse? do like a weekly clean out. Oh my God. Is this uh, our some, new trunk? Some receipt. It might be. Some receipts that I, I definitely don't need. Uh, there always are curl clips. So like when my hair dries, I use these little clips, these little like prongs that kind of lift up the root so that your hair doesn't dry like stuck to your head. And you kind of do that to like get a little body. And so... You know, I just do it like around the crown of my head. And then it's usually like an hour or two into my day where it's time for me to take them out. So I'll be like driving somewhere and I'll take them out and then throw them in my purse. So that's in there. Do you have any weird stuff though? Uh, Yeah, there's usually one rock or stone, like some (laughs) kind of like mat, like, like crystal or something or or an actual little spell bottle. What? Yes. What do you mean? I, I wonder if there's one near me right now, a purse. What do you mean you. spell bottle? I'll wait. I, mean, like, I got I put, time. Like, little good intentions into like a little jar. What and, do you like, mean you put your good nice intentions things. in there? Like, like I mean it just like that. What else do you? No, but I mean, say? do you like, like talk into it or like you write it down? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, you maybe like write it down. Like, like you know, it's like a little. You do like a little ritual ceremony for whatever it is you want. Like attracting love, making. Making some money. Like. This is the weird part about this story. Isn't that you do that? It's that you act like I should already know what you mean, Susie. By a spell am, bottle, because like every when we joke that I'm witchy, I don't mean that like as in like you I wear put black. a black hat on for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that, and I do. She's like, I, do I ride things. on a broom. Okay. <laughs> It's the same as a prayer and anything like that. And same as like, you know. I don't think it is. (laughs) It is. And then I just carry around. It's like a good luck charm. Okay. Yeah. I've never heard of that. That's interesting. I hope you show us that on your Instagram sometime. Yeah, I totally will. All right. Well, that's the same one in my bag since grad school. You guys know what we talked about. I don't have to wrap it all up, do I? I mean, it seems like a lot. (laughs) You remember like, oh, Susie's mad, whatever. What, what? Oh, I'm going to see that documentary into the deep. Yep. That's the important takeaway That's here. That's the take. You got to watch the, it. Into the deep. And we discovered what a purse and a pocketbook, where a pocketbook maybe name came from. I'm going to do some digging into that too. Google that. You know what the other thing about that documentary is compared to the one I watched on Hulu? On yeah. Hulu, there wasn't enough like a, a footage of him where I could understand like any sort mm, of redeeming how creepy he was no like the opposite like why oh, anyone would trust him okay. or anything all i knew is he was a murderer this one you really see like he seems like fun he seems like the kind of guy you would enjoy he seems like adventurous and playful mm-hmm. and you know like well charismatic like he said yep charming and then i wonder i i know for a fact that the percentage of sociopaths on reality tv is higher than in the general population and then mm-hmm. you, you i start to think like who is in this category because <gasps> oh it's only a matter of time before now, i don't mean anybody from our show necessarily well, like bear but I, guarantee I think bear you, yes maybe oh absolutely he was arrested and he had, i think he has sociopathic no behaviors because he did not care at all but very charming uh-huh very we, we loved him on the show we were like oh my gosh he's such a great character and then He's an awful human being. Um, yeah. We already had that guy on Megan Wants a Millionaire who they didn't show the season because he actually chopped up his girlfriend, put her in a trunk, and 
mm-hmm. throw into a river. And so. I don't even mean just violent or like, you know, a villain. I mean like no conscience. Mm-hmm. And they say the percentage is like higher than you'd think of I think it's like one percent, which is one in a hundred people. I know that's a lot. But uh, then you have to. Then there are some that are nonviolent and some that are violent, and then whatever you get it. Okay, um, stay safe out there. Happy Halloween. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, I'll go. See you next time. Bye.